Well, we've got a special uh, guest this morning, and uh, he's going to lead us, our brother Fernando. Come forward, Fernando. Uh, it's just wonderful to have Fernando here this morning, and he's going to lead us in our time around the Lord's table. So uh, we welcome you, Fernando, this morning. Look forward to our time. Oh, it's so good. It's good to be here today. And uh, really, it's a privilege for me to share uh, for the table of the Lord this, this morning. And I was thinking, when I, when I woke up in the morning, really, I forgot that was today. And, uh, but there was a verse in my mind when I woke up early in the morning. And uh, this verse was in my mind. I said, wow, maybe the Lord wants me to share this with you today. It says here, for I will forgive their weakness, weakness, and will remember their sins no more. Wow, what a powerful word. And I was so excited because God, as a father, he doesn't remember your sins no more. It's amazing because I was thinking, uh, if my son, when he did something, always I was, I remember. When he did something to us, or I, many times I said, oh, don't do this, but he did it. And I said, oh, I told you, don't do that because I will do something to you. I give a little smack. <laughs> but God is totally different. Because he, he has like a amnesia. He plays in his mind. There's no agenda for God about sin when we accept Jesus Christ. He said, I don't remember their sins no more. Every time when you sin, if you come to Christ and say, wow, I, I sinned. He said, you are forgiven already. It's like David when he uh, commit their greatest sin, murder and everything. He had a, uh, went out with uh, the wife of uh, someone. But when Nathan came to confront him and told the story and said to him, when he, he really opened, God really opened his eyes, that really it was him. He said, I sinned. Do you know what Nathan said to him? God's already forgiven. <laughs> wow. It is not the agenda of God to remember about sin. He already forgave. Every day when I go to, my, to our garden, I see, I see weeds there. I see, every day I take weeds. Oh, how these weeds come in? Good stuff is not in our mind. It's always bad stuff. Every day I need to remember what God has done for my, for my life. Because it's not good things in me. I need to remember every single day, every single day of my life that what God has done for me. 
Because it was good things, bad things. I don't need to remember because it's always there. You see, you don't plant weeds, it's always there. You don't see you know, next day that you woke up and see a, a beautiful rose there that you never planted in your garden. Never. Because good things you need to plant. Bad things is always there. And you need to take, come to God. But for that to happen, there was something that He did for us. Do you know? He said, all time, every time when you come together, remember. Remember. Do know because good things you don't remember. That's why you need to come to this point every time and say, Lord, please, thank you for the price that you paid for me. Not to remember my sins anymore because He paid the price. I'm free. Praise the Lord. And he said, every time when you do this, I think I opened that. Ah, here. You can get uh, the bread that you have. Because he says, this is my body in remembrance of me he took it and broke it and said take it God this is I did for you remember every time it was a, the greatest price I paid for your life and I don't remember your sins no more hallelujah let's take I'll pray and for you to take it Lord thank you for this for the price that you paid for me and for the bread that symbolizes your body that you gave at the cross. Thank you. And in the same way he said, he took the cup and said, every time you drink, remember, that one, it was my blood that was shed at the cross for you. I shed that only because of love. I gave everything. The price is paid. Don't worry anymore. Don't worry about COVID. Don't worry. Because even if you die, you live. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm ready. For anything that happened today, because the price already paid, I don't need to pay anything anymore. Let's take it in remembrance of what He has done for us. Oh Lord, it's so good to be in your presence, to enter your presence with the confidence to say, Abba, Father, thank you. You are our Father. Thank you for the price. Thank you, Lord, because you don't remember my sins anymore. Even if someone come from the other side of the world, they said, oh, you did this, did that. 
But you say, I don't remember. No more. Finish. Thank you, Lord, for this time of fellowship in your presence. Amen. Well, what a joy to be here with you today. My name's um, Kathy, Kathy Mora. Um, Fernando and I have three kids, two married, and one is at home, and we do enjoy his company a lot. And he went away the other day to his, um, uh, my nephew's wedding because he was in the bridal party and how we missed him. So we're enjoying the last one that we have at home, which is a real blessing. Thank you for having me. It's such a joy to be here, and what an unusual time we're in. If you'd shown me a movie where we all had to gather together in the car park, I would have said, it'll never happen. But here we are. Here we are, and it's a great time, and it's an unusual time, but it's a blessed time. Now, I thought about... Um, these words, I am. And I, I, had a, I looked it up and I heard a lot of songs that said, you know, I am everything to you or I am happy. And I looked at a number of statements on the internet about I am. And we're very familiar with those words, aren't we? Turn to the person, if you have anybody in the car, turn to them and tell them something about you. I am. Or if you're by yourself, just say it to yourself. I am, what are you? Who are you? <laughs> Did I hear anything? <laughs> We're so familiar with that, aren't we? And I wrote a few that I read on, on the Google. It said, I am enough. And on the other hand, it said, I am nothing. I am aware that I am rare. I am open. Another one said, I'm always online. The next one said, I am my problem and also my solution. I thought that was a good one. I am gorgeous. I'm happy to be me. And I also found a few quotes that were um, beautiful visuals that said this, I am not lazy. I am on energy saving mode. I thought that was a great one. Um, feed me, I am pregnant. We um, have these statements that surround us all the time. And you know, the, the Bible also talks about I am. There are more than 300 statements in the Bible of God as I am. So I thought it would be appropriate for us, as we're so familiar with this term, for us to explore a little bit more about who this I am is, this great I am. We're going to go to the Gospels. So in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we find clear descriptions about the great I am. Now, when people look at us, and I'll get my hat, Hopefully you can see my red hat. I thought red was appropriate so you could all see it from far away. When you look at me, you see this hat, but I actually don't see it. I can turn around and I don't see it, but you see it. So we see facets of ourselves. Um, and oh, So I see my arm, 
but I definitely don't see my hat. And you see parts of me that I don't see. And depending on, on who you are, if you're a father or a mother or, a, or a, a sister or a colleague, a work colleague, you will see different parts of individuals. And you'll describe them differently. Well, the Gospels are the same. Matthew focused on the relationship um, with the Jewish faith, of Jesus and the Jewish faith. And he called the, the people that were Jews to follow Jesus and see him as their Messiah. When we look at Mark, he spoke about Jesus as the Son of Man, suffering, and that we would all go through situations that also indicate suffering. Then we look at Luke. Luke is talking about the salvation brought by Jesus and the signs of the Messiah. And John, which is the one we're going to focus on today, he reveals Jesus as the one sent by God the Father into this world to be the Savior. Now within John, there are seven miracles that are mentioned, but also seven I am statements. And we're going to talk a little bit about these I am statements. They are very, very special and very precious. And the first one we're going to talk about is, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Now in Brazil, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to Brazil, but in the morning there is this gorgeous smell of coffee and bread. We go to the bakery every morning. You don't have bread from the, the day before. You go to the bakery early in the morning and you get that fresh, crispy baguette. Oh, so yummy. I brought one with me. It's not as crispy, but it is a little baguette. The reason I bought it um, is because the Bible says here, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Now imagine I have all this bread available in the bakery in Brazil, but I stay at home and I wait for this bread to come to me. Guess what? I'm going to go very, very hungry because this bread is not going to come to me. What do I need to do? I need to go to the bread. And Jesus is saying that to us. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Comes to me. The food, the bread of life is available, but we need to come to him. Then um, John goes on in the word and he speaks about the light of the world. He says that Jesus is the light of the world in John 8:12. When we were in Brazil, we um, spent some time with many different people and we had an opportunity to evangelize um, throughout the neighborhood. And people would, it's very um, easy to evangelize in Brazil because when you knock on the door, they invite you in for a coffee and you have a chat and you have a great time with them together. And um, on this occasion, this lady invited us in. Her name is Valnira. 
And she said to us, um, I am so scared of the dark. So scared of the dark. I can't sleep in the night. I'm so fearful that something will happen to me. And she came to know Christ. And the light of the world came in. And guess what? The fear was gone. The fear was gone. He is the light of the world. When the light comes in, the darkness has to disappear. Have you ever seen a sunrise? And we've had beautiful sunrises recently. Amazing sunrises. I just open the window and think, wow, how amazing. We've had beautiful sunrises. And when the sunrise comes up, the light streams in. He is the light of the world. I have another one here in case it blew away. If you didn't see it, my paper just disappeared. Thank you. <laughs> That's good, thanks. We also have another one, another statement, I am statement. I am the door. Now, you are very familiar with doors because to get out of that car, what do you need to do? You need to open the door. The door is the entry to that car. We see lifts that have doors. We see lockers that have doors. We see toilet doors that have a, a guy and a girl and we know what they mean. We see so many different kinds of doors. But all of those doors have a purpose. They have a purpose. Even your wardrobe door has a purpose. And the doors normally, and you might get a door that's a decoration, but normally the door is meant for you to walk through, to get something, to go up to the next floor. And Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. It also says, I am the good shepherd. Now, we, I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up um, looking after sheep. I know my husband had that experience, and it's great to hear his stories, but I have, I, I see sheep and I thought they were all gorgeous and white and woolly until I saw some that were terribly dirty and not that great. But in the, in the times of Jesus, they had this huge, now I want you to use your imagination because I had a cool video, but you can't see it. So I want you to use your imagination. Imagine all these rocks piled on each other, forming a huge circle and a small little entry, only a tiny little entry where the sheep comes through. There was no door, but there was an entry. And do you know who was the door in those times? The shepherd was the door. The shepherd stood there at that door, making sure his sheep were okay, that they'd gone in, that they were safe making sure that all of the sheep were in that pen. And to leave that pen, they had to go through the shepherd. Why? Because the shepherd was taking care of them. And I don't know the situation that you're going through with COVID, but I have spoken to a few people, and I realize that it can be lonely, and it can be difficult, and it can be restricting, 
But the Lord says, I am the good shepherd, not the bad shepherd, not the horrible shepherd, not the shepherd that wants to, you know, point his finger at you. No, he is the good shepherd, the one that cares for you, the one that knows your needs, the one that goes after you when things are difficult. He is the good, good shepherd. And this is really, really wonderful to think that to get to Christ, it's easy. We just have to go to the door, walk through. Walk through and say, here am I. I want you to be my good shepherd. So Jesus is the door to salvation. And if we go on, we're going to see that there is even more to that as well. Because um, John says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That life is not the life that we think about, like with COVID. Right now, we're thinking of our physical bodies. You know how difficult it is. A lot of people have lost their loved ones. Friends that we know have lost their loved one. They've um, left the family with three children. Very difficult times. They're thinking about this finite moment where people do not have a physical life anymore. But Jesus isn't thinking about that. At that moment, Jesus went to, Jesus was with Mary and Martha, or with his disciples before he went to Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha had a brother, Lazarus. And you might know this story. And Lazarus was unwell. And they wanted Jesus to come. And they wanted Jesus to actually heal him. But when Jesus came, he took his time. And when he came, Lazarus was dead. And he'd already been dead for a while. And he wasn't smelling too good. But Jesus brought him back to life. And he lived. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's not saying that he wants to come to a funeral and lift people up, and he can do that. But he's saying, I want you to realize that there's a life beyond this life, way beyond this life. And that's the eternal life. And when we see him as our shepherd, and when we go through the door, and when we allow him to look after us, when we leave this world, this is not the end. It is the beginning of a life with him. He paid the price on the cross so that we could walk through that door and encounter his presence. Very, very powerful statement. Jesus points to his resurrection. He gave his life for his sheep as a shepherd does in the normal day-to-day -day life. The extent of his suffering and his pain was great. Can you imagine the shepherd sitting there day and night at that door, in the cold, with wild animals, with difficult situations to, to face? He's there. 
And Jesus did that because he went through things so that he can understand and comprehend humanity and so that you could have that experience with him and know him not only as a human but also as divine, as Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And I want to finish with another, a final I am. And he says in the word, I am the vine and you are the branches. And I want to show you two branches. I hope you can see them. So I'll show them this way and that way. Okay. So you can see both of these aren't attached to the tree. One of them looks really dead. Or if you can't see it, just imagine a dead twig. And the other one looks sort of alive. It's got lots of green leaves, picked today. But guess what? None of them are linked to the source of life. You know, you might look great. You might look beautiful, gorgeous, handsome. You know, you might have a great life. But if you're not linked to the source, or you might have a terrible life, who knows? But if you're not linked to the source, you have no life. No life. He says, I am the vine. And that is found in John 15, verse 5. And if you haven't read John, I want to encourage you to read the Bible. Read John. You will have a revelation of who Christ is. And I have asked everyone to have some Bible packs available. So if you don't have a Bible to read John, you can actually hoot later on or just wave and someone will bring you a Bible pack. But he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So if you've been to a winery, put your hand up. I can see some of you. <laughs> Who's seen all those grapes? So many grapes. So when we're linked to Christ, when we understand him as the door of life that we can go to and walk to, take action towards, like he said, the bread of life that we need to go and get, not sit and do nothing about when we realize that he is everything, then we're connected to that vine. And I don't have the real vine here, but we're connected to the vine. And that connection is the most wonderful thing that you can experience in your life. And I just want to spend a moment for you to think whether you have that connection. Do you have that connection? Have you walked through the door have you experienced him? His love, his kindness, his shepherding. And if not, I encourage you to experience him. Read John. Talk to someone here at the church. Speak to them about life, true life in Christ. And if you already know the Lord, I encourage you to go read John again. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you and he will begin to speak fresh life into your life because when we're connected to him,
the water and the food is constantly coming and overflowing. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that wherever we are here in Brazil, in England, in Jordan, wherever in the world, Lord, that you are the great I am, that you are everything that we need. Lord, that you are the most important person in our life. You're the door to salvation. You're the door to eternal life. You're the shepherd, the good shepherd. You're the light of the world. You're the resurrection and the life. And no one comes to you except through Christ. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for this gift. We thank you for this moment. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to speak to us as we think about your, your words here, um, the great I am, in your name. Amen. Now, scones are being passed out, and uh, I've just got a phone call. <laughs> and... Um, uh, I'll just close in prayer, but just remain in your cars until you have received your scones. Now remember that there are Bibles available over there at the exit, and someone can hand you a Bible if you would like to like to receive one. And uh, just remember that Trevor shared that during the week, a man in his 60s put his trust in Jesus for the first time. He's been coming to a church for a number of years but didn't really have a personal relationship with the living God through Jesus. And uh, maybe you're like that. If you are, well, today is the day of salvation for you. You can put your trust in Christ and Christ alone. So let's, uh, let's just come and we'll finish in prayer. Father, we thank you that uh, we've been reminded this morning that Jesus is our everything. Every need of ours is covered in him. We're reminded there at the beginning at that reading from Philippians 2 how Jesus left the glory of heaven, came into our world as an ordinary man and yet filled with the spirit and the life and the love of God and revealed God to us. And now, Lord, as we've considered the sum, at least, of the I am's of Jesus, we realize that he is the great need meter uh, for ourselves. He is our life. He is the door. He is the vine. We want to stay closely attached to him. He is the resurrection and the life and so much more. So we walk with you, we trust in you, we abide in you and say thank you for coming into our world to be our saviour. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, people. Right.